0: Hi there, I'm Pastor Rod Parsley, and I sure want to thank you for listening to today's podcast. I'm the senior pastor of World Harvest Church, where we love God and love people, and I hope you'll be inspired by today's message. Now, for more great content and lots of updates, I'd love to connect with you online at rodparsley.com. But right now, let's head into today's episode. Well, I hope you're ready for another great message, I believe, from our eight-part series, Effective Leadership 300, exploring practical and biblical tactics to connect you to your purpose in Christ and the leadership role God is preparing for you. Now, don't forget to request your digital study guide. You can do that at rodparsley.com slash leadership300 so you can follow along with me or review the material when you finish listening. How's everybody? Shout, I'm wonderful. Blessed. Highly favored. What are you sitting down for? Everybody up, 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 up. Hands uplifted. Celebrating the greatness of God. Come on, he's greater than that. Bigger than that. Mightier than that. More benevolent than that. Holier than that. Glorious. Love him. Love him. Love him. If you love him, shout I love him. All right. We're going to get started. Week number eight. Can you believe it? You mean see it? Week number eight. Are you glad it's week number eight, or do you wish it was week seven? How many wish it's you're glad it's week eight? Look at it there like. good for you I'm glad it's (laughs) week but I've had a wonderful time and thank you for your attentiveness and uh, your wonderful spirits and being on time being ready and let's thank hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of folks all across America joining us right now who have been faithful in churches and in their homes all across America let's thank them what a privilege. One chases a thousand, but two puts 10,000 to flight. Amen? My grammar lesson number one survey says the difference in commonly confused words. The difference in commonly confused words. Are you ready? The difference between affect and effect. <laughs> Have fun with that one. I mean to tell you right now, that thing is as hard to dig out as any I have dug around. Affect or effect. And so, let me give it to you this way. Most of the time, I don't like most of the time, do you? I like definitive things. I like like absolute things. I can get my little mind around them. Most of the time, affect with an A, is a verb it's an it's an action word and most of the time effect e-f-f-e-c-t is a noun affect most commonly means something like to influence to affect or to change affect can also mean roughly uh to to act in a way you don't feel As in, he affected an air of superiority. Here's a quote for you. I'd like to see some sign that it affects you or that you recognize that it affects other people. That's Omar Epps playing Dr. Eric Foreman in the television show House. Effect, with an E, has a lot of subtle meanings as a noun. Uh, The most, I think the best one is a result. So an effect is a result. It seems to be at the core of all of those definitions. Here's a quote. When I see effects and I'm unable to discern the cause, my faith in reason and consequence is shaken. Shaken. Uh, that's Emily playing Dr. Temperance Brennan in the TV show, Bones. Now here's where we get a little more complicated. In rare instances, the roles of affect and effect are switched. For example, you can affect change, a verb, and display a happy affect, which is a noun. In the latter case, affect means An emotion or disposition shown either in your face or your body language. Let me give you a quick tip. Affect with an A is usually an action. Both affect, A-F-F-E-C-T, and action, both of them begin with the letter A. Like most nouns, you can usually put an article, the word "the" or the word an in front of effect without ruining the meaning of the whole sentence. Now, if you got all that, raise your hand. You did? Okay, I'm going to test you. Oh, no no, no. Well anyway, if you didn't get all of it, you'll be able to get it online <laughs> later, and you can get it all down. It is one of the most butchered uh, problems in the entire English language. Your first quote tonight comes from my dear friend who uh, ministered on this pulpit, this platform, on the very first Sunday night service ever conducted here. The very first Sunday we moved in, Mike Murdoch ministered from this platform and he had a young man carrying his briefcase that night and uh, working his tape table that uh, at the end of his ministry walked from that side of the platform over this way and sat down at the piano and played three notes and sang two words. And Joni turned to me and she said, that's our worship leader. And so he was for the next 12 years. That was a young man named Clint Brown. So Mike Murdoch gave us this quote, your conversation reveals (laughs) how much wisdom you possess. might say it this way, I can tell how smart you are when you open your mouth. Amen. So the, the quote again, your conversation reveals how much wisdom you possess. Your first scripture, Proverbs 16, 16, how much better is it to get wisdom than gold and to get understanding rather to be chosen than silver? Judges, I always like to give you something from Gideon, effective leadership 300. This is the last one I'll be able to give you in these sessions. Judges chapter 6, verse 12, and the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and said to him, The Lord is with you. Now, here's what I need you to do right now. I need you to just lift at least one hand and say, the Lord Lord is with me. The Lord is with me. That's your qualification for anything. That's your qualification for everything. For if God be with me, who can be against me? In other words, you may not be there now, but you can get there from where you are by the help and the grace of God. It doesn't matter where you are in leadership right now, how far you may feel you are down the rung from what we would call top level leadership. I'm going to share some things with you tonight that are going to make you zip up the rungs on that rail, like playing a piano key. Are you ready? You get to advance tonight. You get to move forward tonight. You get to leave where you were and invade enemy held territory that the devil has told some of you since you were in junior high, you'd never get to. But I'm here to tell you tonight, there is advancement in the words I'm gonna share with you. There is an impartation tonight, there is a release tonight that I've been waiting for eight weeks to give you. Some stuff can't be taught, it's just got to be caught. Some of what I'm going to talk about tonight, you either have it or you don't, and it comes to you, I believe, majorly from your family background, from your parents, from your mentors, from whomever you spent time around in your formative years. But I've got good news for you. We understand that through Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, through the application of the blood of Jesus, we don't have to stay where we. We were and we don't have to stay where we are. And I know it's effective leadership 300, but I need somebody to say tonight, I intend to advance. I, I haven't been in here for eight weeks for nothing. I refuse to be as I was. I may not be who I'm going to be, but thank God I'm not who I was when I got here eight weeks ago and I'm not going to be who I am now. Three weeks from now, I'm going to advance. I'm going to apply these principles. I didn't just come to here and show up to be a hearer of the word. I came to be a doer of the word. And I'm about to kick y'all out the nest. And you're going to have to get back out there at your workplace, around your family, around your children, around your parents around your schoolmates, around your team, around those that you work with, your work associates, those that you're being educated around, and you're gonna have to move to the head of the class and the front of the pack. Everybody just do like this, because that's what God is doing with your sin. We, we learned it last night, those of you that were here. He put our sins behind his back hallelujah and he's going to put everything that you were behind you tonight and you're going to move forward in advance and if you believe that i know it's effective leadership 300 but it is pentecost after all just clap your hands anyway the lord appeared unto him and said well the angel did we learned he is the lord in fact his name is wonder The name of that angel, when you translate that out, is wonder. How many of you believe God is a wonder? I know that you think that originated in a storefront church in the inner city. God's a wonder, but that's not the fact. God called himself, I can't wait to get to it on Sunday mornings, he called his fine self a wonder. God said, I even startle myself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord appeared unto him, said unto him, The Lord is with you, you mighty men of valor. You mighty men of valor. To a man cowering in fear, afraid of his very own shadow, hiding out in the wrong place, He was in the low place. He was supposed to be in the high place. You don't go to a low place to thresh wheat. There's no wind there. You have to get up to the high place. In other words, Gideon was out of place. I need to talk to somebody tonight that's been out of place because God is about to come to you and shake you so that you say to you, hey me, what am I doing here? We got some prodigal that are about to get up from where you are and have the gumption to move to where you've never been. Now, the, the words of that angel uh, must have staggered Gideon. Uh, just like when the angel appeared, when the angel appeared to Mary and said, Hail Mary, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. If you were Roman Catholic, you'd say, Blessed be the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God. Pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death but you're not Roman Catholic. Amen. Mary's gone on to heaven. Amen. Amen. Are you with me? What are you looking at me sideways for? Must have seemed odd. That angel said to her, you're going to conceive in your womb, bring forth a son, going to call his name Jesus. He shall be great, shall be called the son of the highest and Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. He shall rule over the house of Jacob. And Mary's like, say what? Rule over what? Get back to that. I'm about to have a baby thing. <laughs> the angel's all the way down the road. Mary said, wait a minute now. Let's get this thing fixed. How am I going to get there when I'm here? She said, how shall this be? Seeing I know not a man. And the angel said, the spirit of the Lord shall come upon you. Now that's what's going to happen to you tonight. The Spirit of the Lord is going to come upon you tonight. One of the seven spirits of God is going to be released to you in this very place tonight. We're watching right there where you are. Something's about to be caught that cannot be taught. Something's about to be imparted that cannot get entrenched any other way. And we're just going to open up the door tonight for God to do it because on Yom Kippur, he opened a way of access for us to get in there and lay our hands on something that we can't get any other way. There are some supernatural things that released into your life will promote you in leadership far beyond your mental or educational capability. Can you say yes? We're going to get into some of them tonight because what we're going to deal with tonight is wisdom wins and how we can discover the wealth of God's knowledge. So that angel said to Mary, you're going to conceive in your womb. She said, how's it going to be? He said, with men, it is impossible, but for God to do nothing, that is what is impossible. So God's doing something right now. The question is not, good God Almighty, the question is not, can God, will God do anything? God is already doing it. He's already He's already shamgar. He's already on the move. He doesn't take any time off. He doesn't get weary. The holy angels don't even get weary. Human beings are the only ones that get weary. And God wants to do something in your life tonight that a phone booth did for Clark Kent. I just believe that in Jesus' name. Shove somebody and say, he said a phone booth. 1 Corinthians 1, 26 and 27. For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh shout after the flesh. Because we look at that and say not many wise men, so why should we seek after wisdom? No, he said not many wise after the flesh. Not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen, get ready to shout, the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. Somebody thank him for it now, because he's talking about you. Exodus chapter three, Moses was unqualified. First Samuel chapter 9, Saul was unqualified. Gideon was trembling. Don't miss this because Gideon did not want to fail. If you are afraid to fail, you have already failed. If you are afraid to fail, you will never ever succeed. If you are afraid to fail, you will never go beyond where you are right now. And there's no reason for you to be afraid of failure. Let me take all the pressure off of you. You will fail. And people that don't believe they will fail, people that don't believe they ever make a mistake, never have a humble spirit, never have a contrite heart, never are able to admit their own mistakes and have an arrogant and haughty spirit. And God said that he exalts the humble. God lifts up the person that lowers themselves. Oh man, I am just on fire. Somebody just clap or do something. I'm I'm caught up here. Success has a thousand fathers. You ever notice that? Every time you win at something, 42 people claim they helped you. That's where you get those personal pronouns in there. You know, I uh, did uh, so-and-so. It's amazing how I comes to the forefront when somebody is wanting to take credit for something. And how much we comes to the forefront when everybody's wanting to count ceiling tiles. Do you understand? God Almighty wants you to know tonight, you, you are a success because you attempted. He is a father. He will never know. Here's the best way I can say it. No step of faith toward God will ever go unrewarded. You move out toward God, I don't care if you fall off a cliff. Underneath, you'll find the everlasting arms. Hallelujah. Right there to catch you. And you ought to learn something, parents, as leaders. Parents are leaders. First of all, that's the first thing you ought to learn. Parents are leaders. It is your job after your children become adults, to let them be adults, to allow them to make mistakes. And the first time you point your finger at them and say, I told you so, you just disqualified yourself from parental leadership. What a parent is supposed to do with an adult child that makes a mistake is say, hey, I'm right here with you. Let me brush you off and let's make sure we don't go that way again. Oh, I'm helping somebody tonight. All right. All right. Success has a thousand fathers and failure is an orphan. Success has a thousand fathers and failure is an orphan. Jesus understood the importance of wisdom made it a basic requirement for his disciples to be successful in the midst of an evil and a perverse generation. Matthew 10, 16, Jesus said, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be therefore wise as serpents. I love this passage. Wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Jesus was referring to wisdom which is called in another terminology, craftiness. Say wisdom is craftiness. Wisdom is subtlety. Wisdom is staying sharp on your toes. Wisdom is knowing what to do and what to say by the power of the Holy Spirit at the right time wisdom knowing what to do what to say by the power of the holy spirit at the right time because you can have the right thing to do or say and do it at the wrong time and that's not wisdom it might be zeal but it's not wisdom you understand all right the analogy of a serpent that Jesus used, craftiness, craftiness, wisdom is referenced in Genesis chapter three, verses one through six. Now the serpent, Satan, was more crafty, more subtle than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God actually say, you ought to just, you ought to just shove your neighbor and say, has God said, yes, said. any time You hear that, it's not God. Has God said, has God said, you're the head and not the tail? Is that what God really meant? Did God say tithe? Or is that just some man made doctrine? Half God said, half God said, half God said, said he was wounded for your transgressions. Half God said, by his stripes you are healed. Half God said, always questioning the authority of God. Satan did the same thing with Jesus. If you be the son of God, why? We learned that hell will always fight you over what heaven has already called you. Hath God said, you shall not eat of any tree of the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, first of all, let's all take note. She spent too much time talking to the wrong person. Preach white boy. Okay. I'm gonna try it on again. Eve spent way too much time talking to the wrong person. Don't be talking to somebody that's questioning what God said to you. Don't be talking to people that question. Now, never mind. I'm gonna stay there. She said, she said, the woman says to the serpent, now she goes to lion. We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Watch, she's gonna lie. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. That's not what God said. So he's asking, hath God said, and she doesn't even know what God said. So you got two opportunities for failure, don't you? Number one, to question, has God said, And number two, not to know what he said. Hosea 4, 6 says, you and I are destroyed for what we don't know. Somebody shout, what I don't know is killing me. I said, shouted, what I don't know is killing me. So I've got a question for you. How about you find out? But the serpent said to the woman, Oh, you won't surely die. For God knows that when you eat of that tree, your eyes are going to be open. You'll be like God, knowing good from evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desired to make one wise... She took of it, ate of it, and gave some of it to her husband, who was with her, and he ate. Genesis 3.13, then the Lord said to the woman, woman, what have you done? The woman said, well, the serpent deceived me, and I ate. The word she actually uses is the word subtlety or craftiness. It's not a description of the way the serpent moved, hear me, but rather it's a description of the way the devil inside the serpent thought. It's a completely different thing. He subtly pointed out to her advantages of eating forbidden fruit. Did you notice that he did not point out the advantages of not eating the fruit? I'm going to try again. He pointed out the advantages of eating the fruit, and there are always some. But he did not point out the advantages of obedience. Oh, my The devil knew exactly what to say. Now, you're going to miss me if you don't hang on. The devil knew exactly what to say and when to say it to accomplish exactly what he wanted. That's the reason Jesus said, be wise as a serpent. Can you believe the devil can give you a lesson on wisdom? God said so. Be as wise as a serpent is what Jesus told them to do. So they could turn the tables on the devil. Now here's real wisdom by using his own tactic. Somebody ought to just say right now, I'm gonna turn the tables on the devil. The Old Testament equivalent is the the men of Issachar, 1 Chronicles 12, 32. Of Issachar, men who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. I wanna talk to you a little bit about the primacy of wisdom. First of all, wisdom is the principal thing. Shouting is not the principal thing. Education, although I love it, and, and, and God spoke to me to build him an educational system all the way from kindergarten, preschool, through college graduates, and I am not anti-education by any stretch of the imagination, but I can tell you this, all education is not wisdom. Some education is in fact anti-wisdom because wisdom deals in truth and much education is not built on the foundation of truth. Proverbs 4, 7 through 9, wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. And with all your getting, get understanding, exalt wisdom and she will promote you. She will bring you to honor. When you embrace her, she will give to your head an ornament of grace and a crown of glory will she deliver to you. Oh, I want an ornament of grace. I want a crown of glory and my Bible tells me wisdom will give it to me. So I'm going to seek after wisdom. Wisdom. Number two, wisdom is a spirit. What? Wisdom is a spirit. Isaiah eleven two. two and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him and the spirit of wisdom and understanding. Number three, God originated wisdom. Where'd wisdom come from? Well, it came from God. Proverbs 8, chapter 22. The Lord possessed me in the beginning of his his way before his works of old, meaning wisdom. God possessed me, meaning wisdom. God possessed wisdom. God created the worlds and all that in them are by wisdom. Proverbs 3, 19 and 20. The Lord by wisdom has founded the earth. By understanding, God has established the heavens by his knowledge, the depths are broken up and the clouds drop down due, hallelujah. The debar of God, the spoken word of God laced with wisdom begat the creative capability of God to establish the foundations of the earth from creation's dawning morning to this, everything that God established, he established by the power of his word laced with wisdom. You can do the same thing. I said, you can do the same thing. The last time I said those words, my wife was sitting on the front row. It was October of 2013. She was sitting on the front row. I'd spoken about the Debar of God several times. We went home that Sunday morning after service and she said, I got it. I said, what'd you get? She said, I got that Debar thing. I was getting a little annoyed with you talking about it so much, but finally I got it. She said, I got it. I got it. That was on Sunday, Monday, Monday. I had a very busy day. I got a cell phone message from my wife. I get 300 emails and text messages a day and one of them every now and then is from my wife. And I got one from my wife, and I looked at the thing, and I punched it, and a picture came up. It was of my son at uh, Steak and Shake, eating a cheeseburger. You said, what does that have to do with anything? Well, that's a miracle that I'd been speaking the Word of God for, for 19 years. Touch somebody and tell them, just keep talking the Word of God spoken under the anointing of wisdom and understanding. you got to know the truth, the truth that you know. You can't just say, well, I'm going to say that the Debar of God. No, you have to know it. It has to get out of here and into here. I remember the day, my dear ones, that Mark 11, 22 to 24 dropped out of my head. I'd been to Miss Mullen's New t- Testament survey class. I'd been there. We had to memorize passages of Scripture every week. And I'd get up there. One of them was Mark 11, 22 to 24. Have faith in God for truly I say unto you that whosoever says in this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into sea, shall not doubt in his heart, believe those things he says come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore, what things forever you desire, when you pray, believe, you receive them, you shall have them. And when you stand praying, forgive. Yes, sir. Miss Mullins was impressed but God wasn't and nothing was moving. I was pastoring that little 180-seat Baptist church. I was in the basement and I was reading that and all of a sudden, the power of God hit me and that thing dropped right out of here, right down into here. Some say the belly, some say the heart. It's actually right between the two. And when it hits in there, you will know it. And that thing hit in there, and I remember crawling up out of the basement of that 180-seat building with tears streaming down my face and dripping off my chin. Nobody there but me and the God that had called me, the God that had promised, the I am that I am, the I is that I is. And I started talking, and it was as though I had to put my hand on the back of my head. And I would say those words. I crawled in and out of those 11 pews on the side, 12 feet long, 2 feet aisles on the side, and a 4-foot aisle in the middle. I know, because I built it, and I crawled up and down in it. I crawled up into the choir loft. It seated 18, and I crawled in and out of it, and I shook hands with people that weren't there, and I talked to people and carried on conversations with people that weren't there. You said, what were you? I had a piano but no piano player, and I sat down at that piano bench, and I said, it's so good to have you. I've been waiting on you. You say you lost your mind. No, sir, I stepped out of the natural and into the supernatural. Wisdom, God's wisdom surpasses our wisdom, shout yes. As the heavens are higher than the earth, Romans eleven thirty three. Oh, the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge of the, of the Lord or of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. My God, you're going to tap into something that you can't find out any other way. Everybody just talk in tongues right now. Well, I don't talk in tongues. Well, receive. You say, I thought this was a class on wisdom. Keep, keep talking. I thought this was a class on wisdom. Well, what you're doing right now is praying wisdom. Wisdom that cannot be tapped into in your mental reasoning. You're tapping into the very wisdom of God. How be it when we speak in an unknown tongue, we speak mysteries. The wisdom of God in a secret. <laughs> glory to God. Give him praise, give him glory. I, this class may not be all that good for unsaved businessmen, Well, I don't know. Maybe we'll be like the full gospel businessmen's international. Maybe they'll get the leadership class and receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Glory be to God. Oh, past finding out. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Who has been his counselor? Number six, God desires for us to have his wisdom. Now there's a revelation, there's a thought, there's a joy, there's a blessing for you. God desires for you to have his wisdom. Proverbs 1, 2 through 4. To know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice and judgment and equity. To give subtlety, there it is. To give subtlety. Now let me just parenthetically insert. God wants to give you subtlety. All right, let me break it down for you. To make the naive Mature. Naive people get on God's and Rod's nerves. It's naive. Immature. Immature. Never grew up. Never grew up. Still behave emotionally like 14-year-old junior high girls pouting and the like and just just silliness just just never growing up there is a crisis in America I listened to a great philosopher the other day and he was pointing out that there is a crisis in America it's adolescent adults adults who never moved out of adolescence they still behave like adolescents they're older they've got children they've got a house and a mortgage and a car but their mental and emotional makeup is still adolescent. You can tell by the decisions they make, the way they act, the way they respond to situations. Just never grew up. Shove your neighbor and say, I'm determined not to be an adult adolescent. (laughs) To the simple and to the young man, knowledge and discretion. Somebody shout hallelujah. Now, there are distinctions between God's wisdom and the wisdom of the world. Don't don't, don't get the two mixed up. Later, look at James 3, 14 through 17. And then I want to talk to you about how to get God's wisdom. How do I get it? Well, James 1, 5, and 6 tell you. If any of you lack wisdom, now, if you've got any deficit in wisdom, shout now, okay? If any lack wisdom, God said, here's how you get it. Ask of God that gives to every man liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given unto him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. So let's just do it. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask you this night that you would release to us your wisdom your knowledge, your understanding, the depths of your spiritual understanding to operate in the affairs of our lives. We ask you for it. We know you're not a man that you should lie. We receive it now in the name of Jesus. We have it. Thank you. We forgive. But now here's the question. How many times in the past week have you prayed for wisdom? And how many times have you prayed for and about things? If wisdom is the principal thing, why are we spending so much time praying about the things and not to receive wisdom? Solomon became the richest man in the world simply because he asked for wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing. I challenge people. I'll I'll challenge you. If the Holy Spirit, I do it often. If the Holy Spirit deals with you right now, why don't you spend the next seven days not asking God for anything but wisdom? Nothing but wisdom. Wisdom to deal in the affairs of life. Wisdom to deal with your family. Wisdom to deal with your finances. Wisdom. Oh, hallelujah. God's wisdom. Wisdom. Second way you receive wisdom is to listen. <laughs> That's a tough one. I told you in one of our lessons, I think number three or, or four, that listening will make you perspire. Listening is hard, hard work. You want wisdom? Listen. Everybody say, hush. Listen. Listen. Stop talking and listen. Stop moving, stop having noise. Listen, God's always talking. He's always talking. He's always talking. He's always talking. God is always talking. There are three entities talking about you. God who is blessing you and for you and imparting wisdom to you. The devil, who it doesn't matter what he says, because he's a liar. You just take anything he says and reverse it. You're gonna fail, I'm thank, thank you for telling me I'm gonna succeed. And number three, you. So the question is, what are you saying about you? <laughs> Hallelujah. Because you tilt the scale, don't you? You want me to hurry, don't you? So number two, listen. Proverbs 17, 27. Thirdly, you receive wisdom by impartation. Deuteronomy 34, 9. Oh my goodness. You receive wisdom by impartation. When Joshua was going to lead the children of Israel Moses laid his hand upon him and released to him wisdom. Not all of his wisdom, but released to him wisdom. Father, in Jesus' name, by impartation of the Holy Spirit right now, I release the spirit of wisdom upon these men and women I release to them right now the ability to make right decisions and say the right things and do the right things at the right time by the power of the Holy Spirit receive wisdom now. Now say, I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Well, I feel the Holy Spirit in here. Wisdom. Say I'm gonna make the right choice. Wisdom's beginning is in Proverbs 9:10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The benefits of wisdom, Proverbs 9:11. Your days will be multiplied, your years your, will be increased, your life shall be increased. Proverbs twenty four three through four. Through wisdom is a house builded, and by understanding it is established, and by knowledge shall your chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. I'd grab that one if I was you. I'm gonna skip the next. I'm gonna skip the next. Uh, grammar lessons and I'm going to go straight to the three forms of wisdom. We understand that God is the source of all wisdom, don't we? We understand that the treasures are hid in darkness, don't we? All right, then let's go to wisdom number one. Each of these deal with your spirit, your soul, and your body. Outer court, inner court, holy of holies. Gabriel, Lucifer, Michael, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Yes? All right, so there are three forms of the wisdom of God. Each one of those forms of the wisdom of God deals with one of the three parts of your triune being. One of them deals with your spirit, one of them deals with your mind, and one of them deals with your body. And they are all three forms of wisdom. The first, Sophia which is the gift of rare insight. This deals with your spirit man. Sophia in the Greek means skill or cleverness. Sophia allows one to comprehend new ideas, to create and implement new concepts, to gain a special understanding of God's way of doing things. It's an original thought, it's a precept. If you successfully communicate a precept, that becomes a concept. But if you unsuccessfully communicate a precept, then that becomes a misconception. Do you understand? God used the, 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 the concept of a kingdom to communicate, the precept of a, com- of a, of a kingdom to, um, let me slow down. God used the concept of a kingdom To communicate his precept, are you with me? His original thought is communicated and received as a concept called the kingdom. But if that kingdom is miscommunicated, then you have a misconception or a miscarrying of truth, because a precept is an original thought, and an original thought of God's is truth. Proverbs 8:12 Wisdom dwells with prudence, and I will find knowledge and discretion. Now this form of wisdom is also able to open up natural eyes into the supernatural for those who are willing and those who understand that it is God's purpose to reveal to them his ultimate plan for their lives. Glory to God. Sophia, spiritual insight, rare insight. The spirit side of wisdom is capable of providing cunning ways to accomplish insurmountable and impossible tasks. Proverbs fourteen eight. through wisdom, the wisdom of the prudent is to discern his way. But the folly of fools is deceiving. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, your spirit, and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Somebody shout God's going to straighten this out. If you need a spiritual example of it, you can go back and study Bezalel, the artisan of the tabernacle of God in Exodus chapter 31. Go through the whole thing and you'll find out that although he was a great craftsman, that God supernaturally imparted to him wisdom to create something that had never been created before. Oh, don't you want God to rise up in your spirit today and give you a thought aren't you weary God said build it according to the pattern that I showed you in the mountain what he's talking about is in the spirit God wants you to build your life according to what he shows you in the spirit not because you ate too much weedies but because you are connected to God because you understand wisdom is the principal thing God can give you one idea You'd get up in the morning and brush your teeth and comb your hair and drink some Geritol or Red Bull and act like you've got some energy. And act like you're pursuing something. And speak in tongues for about 30 minutes. Speak out wisdom and speak out mysteries. Oh, God, he show me nothing. No, you get up and fry greasy eggs Slop them with butter because you got arteries just begging to be clogged. You're always sleepy. You're always tired. You're never moving forward. You have none of the energy of God. Pray in the Holy Ghost and build yourself up. Anyway, Sophia, the wisdom of God. Mike Murdoch was on this platform the very first service on a Sunday night he was receiving an offering for some of the leftover expenses of building this mall and uh God said to him, you just got a royalty check for $8,500. Just sign that over. So he did. He went back to his hotel room. And three days later, God the Holy Spirit showed up in his hotel room and said, why don't you write a little book called Thus and So? And he said, I started working on that. And then up out of my spirit, I saw another one. And then I saw another one. And then I saw another one. I saw a whole series of books. I went to my publisher and I shared it with them. They said, my goodness, you've you've laid hold on something here. You ever see those little books, God's Promises for Your Every? I've never been in a place where 90% of the people didn't see it. And I can tell you right now that God bless dear Dr. Murdoch with an income he said to me, Rod, in actuality, if not for ministry, if just for taking care of me and my family, I'd have never worked another day in my life off that one idea. Just one idea of the wisdom of God. So I release to you now creative capabilities witty inventions, new ideas. Hallelujah. Now shout as loud as you can. I receive it. I receive it. Ooh, that's good. That was, give yourself, that was really good. All right. We got four minutes. Phronesis, second kind of God's wisdom. The power, oh, I need a week. The power of small details. This deals with your soul. Just, just say, sharpen up. Come on, man. Read a book. Get your nose out of a video game. Exercise your mind. Exercise your brain. I refuse for my brain to leave me. My pastor told me when I was 22 years of age, I'd just done a telethon for him, and he reached across the table and patted on my knee, and he said, boy, you better praise God every day of your life for that brain he's given you. And I have ever since then. I am proof that little is much when God is in it. But I pray, I pray for God to increase my intellect. I pray for God to increase my intelligence quotient. Well, that's all sealed when you're 12 years old. Not for me. I'm a new creature, new every morning. Hallelujah, I intend to know something today I didn't know yesterday. And I intend to pay attention. If you can't go get lunch without making three mistakes and getting four cheeseburgers when you were told two chicken sandwiches, you're never going to advance attention. Yes, My wife, she had a young lady who was trying to help us out at the, at the house. And she made her a shopping list. All right, we need uh, uh, two cans, green beans. Uh, oh, we need a uh, uh, pound of turkey. We need uh, went, girl came back four hours later. Four hours later. Now look, if somebody sends you after a little poke of groceries, poke that's a bag. A little poke of groceries. And you and it takes you four hours. If you don't have a cell phone, stop and call somebody, see? See, that's wisdom. She came, she came back in, and she was perspiring. She said. She said, Well, there it is. And that's the best I could do. And there was one of those little Cornish game hens. She said, I've gone to five different stores in this city and not a one of them has a one pound turkey. Look, phronesis deals with the practical, with the ordinary things that shape our everyday lives. If Sophia reveals the footpath of one's ultimate goal, then phronesis tells you the proper pair of shoes to wear to get there. Phronesis is just plain good old common sense. The problem is common sense, I'm telling you, I employ hundreds of people and I imagine thousands over the last 40 years. And I can tell you that the most valuable commodity at any level in our organization is to find people with an ounce of common sense. Just plain old common sense. Hallelujah. Proverbs 21, 23, whoso keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps his soul from trouble. You don't have to say everything that comes in your mind. Some of us need to go on a word fast. Stop walking down hallways and leaving pictures crooked on the wall. I'll take employees and walk down the hallway and watch them step over pieces of trash in the floor in front of them. I was trying to get back through yonder today. And they had me in a little chair, had a little difficulty with that foot this morning after that glorious service. So they were getting me back to the back. And I'm telling you what, sometimes it's like watching Keystone Cops. You got five people around you and nobody was to go open the door we're gonna go through. Pay attention, just pay attention. Brighten up. Think. Most people operate like this. All day long. Like they're a pinball wizard. Make something happen. Straighten out your sock drawer. Get the french fries out of the floor of your car. Notice things. Help people. If you will, you will never lack. You find a need and meet it, you will never lack. You will never lack. All right. Attention to detail separates good from average, best from good. And if you want to advance, pay attention to details that everybody else overlooks or think are unimportant. said to me the other day, well, I moved thus and so. I said, why did you move thus and so? Well, I thought that's what you would like. I said, well, you've seen me five times today. Did you ask me? Now you wasted your time. Whoever helped you, my time talking to you now you got to go back and waste their time, move it back again, and it all could have been solved with a thirty-second question. Do you understand? Yes. Don't be that kind of a person. Hallelujah! All right, Sunesis. I'm three minutes over. Sunesis, the knowledge of the senses. So Phronesis deals with then with your soul, doesn't it? Your mind, your will, your emotions. Then then Sunesis. Deals with what? Your senses, your body. Understanding, insights, a running together, a a putting two and two together. It deals with knowledge acquired by man's body. In particular, the five senses. God created us with the capability to be in touch with our surroundings. There are just a whole lot of folks that need to know that. Amen. Folks come down to the front of the worship service and dance their brains out and have body odor that would just take you away at the fifth pew. And Germain gets out his spray and goes to dance. Get in contact with your senses. Amen. Amen. Get in contact with your senses. Goodness gracious, we got it the other way too. Some of you ladies, I don't know if you baptize yourself. We got a like rosebud bath back there. We just dunk you in it. Because the cologne is like a shield. Get in touch with your senses. Hallelujah. Sense things. Sunesis is a teacher instructing us about the world that surrounds us in much the same way as a parent teaches a child through correction. This wisdom enables us to navigate safely through the risks that are in the natural world, beginning at infancy, continuing all the way through old age. What we see, what we hear also helps us to understand how to fulfill God's purposes. Amen. There's a great illustration of it, and Mars Hill in Acts chapter 17. Uh, I didn't. I'll give you one example of sunesis, and then we'll we'll dismiss. I was in Nicaragua. It was glorious. About 100,000 people in an outdoor stadium. And Brother Summerall and I were there together. We were to do two nights of uh, of feeding. First of all, all day long. And then a great salvation service at night. Well, naturally, he was to preach the first night. And the crowd was just wonderful. And we would had a great day. And I was seated on the platform. And he'd already begun his sermon. And suddenly, about 10 minutes into his sermon, I heard him say, now my senses are taking in a lot, but I heard him say, and here's Rod Parsley to tell you all about it. And I immediately got in touch with my senses. And just about that time, he whirled around and he started to walk off. There was a little walkway down the back, and his automobile was there, and it seemed like slow motion, but it happened in a second and a half. And he was in that car and heading off. And here I am. And just almost simultaneously, I just felt myself moving in slow motion and) <laughs> He, and he brushed by me and out of the corner of my eye, I saw a great cross that they had on the platform. I had no sermon. I, he's supposed to do the entire service. There are 100,000, 200,000 eyeballs staring right at me. He has perfectly set me up for failure. He told me later, he said, my stomach got to bother me, and I just figured you could handle it. But I, uh, and I saw that just, just I, my mind is whirling, but, but my senses out the corner of my eye caught that cross. And I turned and I said, come with me to the cross. Yeah. And I preached for 20 minutes on the cross, gave an altar call, and 32,000 people gave their lives to Jesus. All because my eye caught something. What would your eye catch tomorrow? Tonight, maybe, I release to you Sunesis. Pronesis, Sophia, the spirit of wisdom rest upon you mightily in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I want to invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.